Hello there, this is Rebellion Dogs Radio, episode 30. This is your 21st century look at 12-step life, now with less dogma and more bite. This show is a rebroadcast, Joe C, Rebellion Dogs Radio, on Talk Recovery Radio, Co-op Radio 101.5 on the FM dial in Vancouver, hosted by Darren Francis and Giuseppe. The date was March 2nd, 2017, just before Vancouver was looking to reinstate agnostic atheist groups, which later in the month they decided to do. So hooray for that. Now this show, we had a bunch of things we wanted to talk about. We didn't get to all of the topics we wanted to talk about, but our sidetracks are well worth listening to. Thanks for listening to Rebellion Dogs Radio. You can find more at rebelliondogspublishing.com. This Vancouver show, by the way, talk radio happens at noon Pacific time every Thursday, 3 o'clock Eastern. So this is, again, going to talk radio March 2nd, 2012. Let's do it. We start the show off with a guest, and we're going to invite Francis to tell us who that is. Sure. Thanks, Giuseppe. Today we get to talk recovery with author of Beyond Belief, Agnostic Musings for a 12-Step Life, the first secular daily reflection book for addicts and alcoholics in recovery. Joe C. of Rebellion Dogs Publishing. Welcome back to Talk Recovery, Joe. It is great to be back. We left off on such a good note way back when. Yeah, I was saying to Giuseppe on the drive in, I said, yeah, it's interesting because I remember the first time we had Joe on, I think it was back in March 2015, so it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I was sort of prepared for maybe a more controversial conversation because, uh, you know, like I have a higher power and usually sometimes people with your stance have been more confrontational in their view. And I found you to be very, uh, yeah, just like really polite and thoughtful. And so it was a really great conversation and I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Good. Uh, you know, I can be confrontational from time to oh, time. Oh dear, but now I've opened up the can of worms. We're asking no, you to be confrontational. What, with you know, what, uh, like, we share a common experience, addiction and recovery, but uh, you and I or me and anybody else might have a different explanation for what happened, right? What, you know, uh, we all had an experience, let's say, 12-steppers as a result of these steps. Uh, now, what does spiritual mean? And, you know, was it spiritual? I, do I define for myself that, hey, I'm a spiritual person, or, or is that something other people would attribute to you? To? So it, it's only in the explanation that we would even not agree, but we, we do share the same experience. I wanted to stop but couldn't, and now I, you know, have a, I'm sober. I'm clean and sober, and, you know, that seemed impossible, and, and the impossible became possible. So how do you explain that? So and how did how did the possible how did the impossible become possible for you? And when did that happen for you, Joe? Uh, well, that happened when I was a teenager. <laughs> so um, half of uh, what I remember about this didn't actually happen. So uh, uh, I hope you'll uh, uh, bear that in mind when I sort of recall my early days in recovery. 
But um, I was a, a troubled teen. I um, uh, didn't go to treatment, but um, you shake any family tree and a few alcoholics fall out of it. Mine was no exception. And our family, uh, I wasn't the first, uh, you know, person in recovery. I had a, uh, a mother in Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, she had friends in Alcoholics Anonymous, and there were AA members that would meet in our house and have coffee and go to conventions and go to meetings and whatever else. So um, so I was familiar with AA, and uh, some of the people I knew were successful in AA and some weren't. And I was brought to AA against my wishes, uh, uh, but just to make peace and disagreed with it entirely. But when it came to now getting my cousin sober, I thought, well, she's a real alcoholic. I'll take her and I'll, you know, uh, bring her to meetings. And and that's kind of how in, a, in the backdoor way to AA I got sober, sort of bringing her to meetings, getting engaged in Alcoholics Anonymous, getting involved in the steps, all to sort of help her out, saying I was Joe and I was an alcoholic, not because that's what I believe, but I thought it would make everyone else feel more comfortable. And then something happened in that process. And and I would only be speculating to say it was because I worked the steps. It was because of the engagement of the 12-step community or some supernatural force that I'm not connected with that plucked me from addiction to recovery. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I, I, you know, I don't think about that a whole lot, uh, but uh, I know it's a very popular view in AA. Did you struggle with the concept of a higher power while you were doing the steps? Well, when I did the steps, I uh, asked other people, well, what did you do? How did you do it? So I got a variety of answers. Um, and uh, it was the 70s. It was kind of a liberal time. And um, sure, I explored it. I, I I read some really old-fashioned Hazelden books called The Little Red Book and Stools and Bottles. And I got some ideas out of there. And uh, some of them were religious ideas and some of them were secular ideas. And, you know, I sort of took what I like and I uh, I tried praying. I tried all kinds of things. But, you know, the uh, I think the being honest is the most important thing. You know, they say rigorous honesty. And uh, only in AAD hear that word because outside of AA, it's the only type of honesty there is. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so when I'm really authentic, what is my worldview? Do I believe in a natural worldview or a supernatural worldview? And I am compelled to believe in a natural worldview, that even the things I don't understand, there's a natural explanation to them. And I know that many of my peers believe in a supernatural worldview, and, you know, that's okay. We can talk recovery. And it's not going to get in the way unless we feel threatened by each other uh, or offended by each other. And, and you know what that can be like. I do. And so when did, when did this change for you in terms of like when did it transform into sort of a, uh, a calling or a sense of purpose around having the agnostic meeting? Oh, okay. You know, because I found... Um, AA was getting more rigid than the AA I grew up in. And um, it was uh, like, is AA a program or is AA a fellowship? That's an interesting debate to have. 
and it's a fellowship, I believe, with a suggested program. But um, for a lot of people, AA is the steps. AA is certain orthodoxies. AA is, um, you know, not only the steps, but according to this one particular book in this fashion. And and I'm not denying that works for people, because I, I see evidence that it does. But I came in a more liberal time when read what you want, use what you want, skip what you don't like, just, you know, we want you to get sober. Anything that works for you is great. There wasn't quality sobriety, there was just sobriety. And um, I, I look at the, um, uh, what I would call the democracy in AA, everyone gets one vote. So it doesn't matter if you've been sober two days or two decades, you got one vote in your group, and you've got the same right to everything else that everybody else does. And and that was the attitude then. I, I found it was starting to get a little bit more orthodox, a little bit more um, draconian. Uh, I found atheist and agnostic communities online, and then I found face-to-face atheist agnostic groups, and and I enjoyed them. And I thought, well, let's bring one to Toronto and... Um, um, other people were excited about that, and we did. And, you know, we had some, um, we were confronted by a little bit of discrimination in Toronto for a while. The Toronto groups were kicked out of uh, the uh, directory because they didn't, they openly didn't believe in God. They openly uh, uh, provided a, a set of 12 steps that were secular that changed the wording of, like, Step 3, for instance. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, about that. What, do, what is the wording of Step 3? Oh, um, there's a, different groups have different versions, but um, uh, I, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but it would be, um, uh, became willing to turn our will on our lives over to the AA program or uh, the uh, wisdom of those who have come before us. Hmm. So, uh, you know, for a lot of people, you know, that is how, quote-unquote, God speaks through other people, right? So it's just a secular way to describe the same letting-go process. And it's really about no longer wanting to do it all yourself, coming out of isolation, no longer being driven by self-will and being willing to ask for help. Okay. So is there a relationship that develops between you and a higher power in terms of those moments when when you're alone and you can't get anybody on the phone or something like that? Is that a part of it or not? Like, is there uh, sort of like the spirit or the universe or that sort of thing? A good question. Now, that, that higher power language is really popular AA language. And, and when I'm alone, it doesn't come to mind. But there is a sentence in the AA book in the uh, appendix, uh, which is spiritual experience, where it says that, you know, some of us, we might have given people the impression that to get sober, you have to have this overwhelming God consciousness. But that's not true. For some of us, it's a slow process of the educational variety, and that we found we tapped an unsuspected inner resource that we presently uh, think of as a power greater than us. And it could be our higher selves, a higher purpose. It could be something very religious, like a a relationship with 
God of your understanding. But for me, it is this, uh, a lot of people use the word moral compass. That's a pretty good word, and it applies to me. I, I didn't find God in AA, but I found what my values were. And I find if I live by them, I get along better with other people. Uh, I can live sober, uh, and uh, I can live a, a purposeful and meaningful life. And that, that's really more than I even asked out of AA. Right. And so has the meeting format of an agnostic meeting, has that changed? Like, do you say, do you go in the circle at the end and say the serenity prayer or no? Uh, no, um, uh, some groups don't pray at all. They just close with our next meeting is Thursday. Uh, who's going for coffee? Okay. Uh, some groups close with the responsibility declaration, which is very AA, right? I mean, it was created by AA. We are responsible when anyone anywhere reaches out for help. We want the hand of AA to be there. So they'll say that together. Mm-hmm. Some with just the slogan, live and let live. And I, I've been to groups, uh, our group doesn't, but I've been to groups that use a, a secular um, serenity affirmation. Uh, and I, I, again, I don't remember exactly the words, but I seek serenity to accept the things I can't change, courage to change. So so they're not praying to uh, a supernatural power, but it's just an affirmation that people who wish uh, chant together. Mm. So there's a, a lot of creative ways to do it. Yes, it sounds like. It sounds like very creative. I like the idea of uh, I seek serenity. That's a kind of a cool way to think about it. Are yeah, there... Who there, knows where it comes from, right? <laughs> uh, are there people that get upset with the changes that you're trying to make? And, and yes. are those perceptions changing at all? Have they changed at all in the last two years since we've talked to you? Yes, they have. Um, there was a, a, a deadlock. Uh, there was a uh, one of the agnostic members filed a complaint with the Ontario Human Rights uh, Commission uh, based on discrimination. And... Uh, Toronto Intergroup had to answer to that, and so did uh, AA World Service. And um, uh, a a settlement was reached, which involved the agnostic groups going back in, uh, intergroup accepting that anybody can interpret the steps or accept or reject the steps as they wish. Uh, There's not going to be any vetting of groups and AA World Service said, look, we've never had any problem with these groups in the first place. We are a service body. We don't. We are not an authority of AA groups. If you say you're a group, you're a group. We'll include you and give you a group number. Uh, we're not going to tell you how to run your meeting. Uh, we got all kinds of suggestions. You can use them if you want. Our traditions aren't even rules. They're just guidelines. They're based on the experiences we've had. We recommend you follow them. We don't have any authority to tell you you have to. And so uh, we're back in uh, the fold. Um, As a matter of fact, as a a goodwill gesture, Toronto Intergroup, they have a monthly magazine called uh, Better Times. And uh, the first agnostic group in Toronto was sort of highlighted in that magazine, just sort of the history of it and that sort of thing. So I think for the most part, um, like, it's a slippery slope when you start to think, well, 
you know, we, we can't just have complete chaos. We can't let anyone join who wants to join. AA's been through this many times before. Well, we can't have any group doing whatever they want to. We've got to have some rules. Well, then, what rules? And uh, Vancouver Intergroup is going through the same thing. They're going to be talking about what the rules are for being a group. And um, if you understand inalienable rights, they aren't granted and they can't be taken away. In religious terms, they're God-given, right? So AA doesn't see itself as granting a group a right or granting someone membership in AA. Everyone has a right to that, and it can't be taken away and it can't be traded. It's it's inalienable. Hmm. So we're back to the good old days in Toronto. Doesn't mean there aren't still hard feelings. Uh, there are, but, you know, for the, I mean, you know, AA isn't a popularity contest. You know, there's always groups uh, I don't want to go to, but you do. Uh, people I feel close to, but you can't. Uh, you know, people that drive you crazy, people that I love, right? You know, that, and then others that we, hey, I like that person too. I like that group too. Let's go. So that's always going to kind of be the way it is. Um, but whenever you have this majority deciding for the minority, you run the risk of falling amuck with the, you know, human rights tribunal because they treat, it's also the law that everybody has a right to be treated equally, even if they disagree with a lot of this is how it's always been type procedures. Well, you're obviously very passionate about this uh, topic, <laughs> Joe. Um, We're going to talk more about that Human Rights Tribunal and uh, and your part in that. Uh, well, first, we're going to go to our first song. And Darren, what do we got today? What do we got? First Canadian uh, artist today is Hawksley Worksman. Uh, this is We'll Make Time. So much you've been taking me apart You're gonna put me back together Gonna stop me from the start I've been wrecking my blood Been wrecking my brain I've been killing my heart I've been living in the pain So when we fight sometimes When we're clawing at each other Gotta think it's all for something At the end of all the trouble Gonna build something to last Not to let it crumble fast Wanna be the ones I'm standing When all the time is passing And if I'm feeling unplugged Feeling swept under the rug Need to hold the lantern for me Need to pick me back up. Wanna remember all the things that we said we wanna do Don't wanna start to pull away Cause it's easier to do when you look at something ugly That you thought you hid away When it's coming back to haunt you on an unsuspecting day We're gonna be the harbor where we can just tie our little boats A place to fight up all the lions that keep gnashing out our throats Everybody that we trust says it's harder than it looks Something good's a constant struggle when there's a tree there to be sure Better believe the wind will blow It'll try to push you down It'll try to pull the Roots I leave you crying on the ground. We'll make time, though there ain't that much of time. Oh, and we'll make love in the middle of the night. And we'll make time, though there ain't that much of time. Oh, and we'll make love in the middle of the night. And we'll make time, though there ain't that much of time. Oh, and we'll make love in the middle of the night. And we'll make time, though there ain't that much of time. Oh, and we'll make love in the middle of the night. 
show. You're listening to Talk Recovery on Vancouver's cooperative radio station, 100.5 FM CFRO. Uh, we've been on the line with uh, Joe C., a former guest. Um, uh, I guess we could say this. Is the, are, are you not stepping on on Bill and Bob's toes here by by uh, what you're doing? Uh, Bill uh, Wilson, uh, more than anybody, um, <laughs> was the largest. Radical inclusion was the word he used. Right. That um, he um, said that um, this was uh, in a letter uh, that he wrote to uh, Father Ford back in May 1957. And he steps are not enforceable upon anyone. They're only suggestions. Mm -hmm. A belief in the steps or in God is not in any way a requisite of AA membership. Therefore, we have no means of compelling anyone to stay away from AA because they don't believe in God or the steps. In fact, AA has a technique for reducing rebellion among doubting people by deliberately inviting them to disagree with everything we believe in. Right. And, and so doesn't that sort of support, I guess, the the unnecessary changes in the literature and the language and the and the steps? Yeah, they they aren't necessary, but they're. Um, uh, it, it's a matter of language being fluid. Like you were talking earlier about a new uh, government paper, and uh, hopefully that'll lead to some action because it, it just came out yesterday and it had some good ideas. But uh, I, I mean, we could have like the next generation of alcoholics might. Uh, resist the word alcoholic. I have a substance use disorder, don't you know? Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. not an alcoholic. And other people go, no, well, if you're an AA, you're an alcoholic, and that's how we identify here. Well, that's just been a, a language we've used for, you know, 80 years, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, everyone should be allowed, when it comes to matters of personal identity, to choose the labels they want for themselves and to describe their experience in their own words. So, yeah, um, for a lot of atheists in AA, uh, holding hands and saying the Lord's Prayer doesn't offend them any more than I wouldn't be offended singing uh, Helen Reddy's I Am Woman, Hear right. Me Roar, right? You right. know, it doesn't mean I'm questioning my gender identity or my sexuality. It just means I'm engaging with other people in a song that has meaning and, and it has uh, virtue. And and I think I th I mean I as you say that that is fairly parallel to to my thinking and my and my beliefs. I consider myself it, uh, well. I don't label myself an atheist, but I guess if I was you know looking to ag agnostic or, or atheism or or whatever you know to identify myself, but I I don't believe never have um I, I and and i guess when i was see i see myself when i was arguing the the semantics when i was <laughs> when i was you know stating my claim as an as as someone who 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 has the right to not believe i see myself back then as fairly ignorant because i, I the mindset that you just described was yeah. was sort of that that surrendered place that you know what it, it it doesn't matter i'm i'm bigger than these words i can find my own you know sort of way i don't need to to sort of like 
enforce change to suit my needs. And I and I and I think that that's sort of I guess where the conflict comes in is that you're you're ch- making changes for people who who first need to change. And does that help them or hinder them? Well, it's personal because none of these groups are imposing these changes on other groups. Mm-hmm. Now, Francis and I were talking about, like, uh, political atheists, and sure, there are plenty in AA that would say, we need to rewrite the big book. It's sexist. It's outdated. It's right. uh, too theistic. Um, and and I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but, you know... Uh, the majority is going to decide that. I'm not going to hold my breath or refuse to go to AA because uh, I disagree with the he pronoun being used for the alcoholic or for divinity. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not my battle. I don't fight. But but I want everyone to have the right to describe their experience in their own words. And if they don't like the word God, don't use it. If you don't like the word him, don't use it. Uh, It it has to be a very individual thing. It's right. about unity, not uniformity. But, but like, I, I guess you know, as I was, as I'm just reflecting on my own, my own process, um, it, 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 I needed time to change and mature and 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 spiritually uh, uh, grow, um, and and I and I guess at the beginning, you know. The defiance and, and and all that did hold me back. So, you know, would it not be more productive to form groups where that's not even an issue entering the door, and, and you know, to to invite uh, or I guess to deny that that reason to argue in the beginning and and you know, have to explain over and over to people that you're, that you're maybe sponsoring, look, this isn't, this isn't religion, you know, it was just a So what you're book. saying, part of your change was the fact that you had to do something you didn't want to do and learn how to accept that and be powerless? Is that what you're... I, I don't know if I had to do something I didn't want to do, because as, as my, as I matured, it's, it's, I just see it differently, I guess, yeah. So I think yeah. I know. So what so do you have to say about that, Joe? Like Go ahead. You had to conform, and later it felt like you adapted. Exactly right. Exactly. Well put. It's an interesting concept because I remember too. I mean, I don't have this belief in 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 a in a god that overrules everything in in nature. I just i I came to a place where. I realized I wasn't God. <laughs> you know, that was yeah. my realization. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not the center of the universe? Everything revolves around me. And, and that was part of my, I'd laugh about it now, but I can honestly say I really, 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 really thought I was the only thing that mattered in life. And then the concept of possibly a higher power, possibly, you know, the people in the rooms, possibly the group could be my higher power. And then there was that slow process. So, Question for you. Why didn't you guys just start your own fellowship? Because I think AA is better with the variety. I think uh, we're better together. I I really do. I think uh, younger people coming in the doors need choices. And AA does adapt to a changing need. Like, we aren't starting a new revolution. We don't have a higher success rate than the more religious groups. Uh, but, 
you know, we, we just offer an alternative for those who want it. Mm-hmm. And it's not an alternative to AA. It's just just like an Italian meeting would use different words to describe the 12 steps. Most of them swear words, language. probably, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Sicilian. And, and then there'd be a Sicilian meeting and a northern meeting and, and, yeah, and vice exactly. versa. So what is it that... Um, so, I mean, because there's so many fellowships now, and I was just talking about this the other day with somebody. There's NA, there's CA, there's CMA, there's GA, there's, you know, you introduced me to a couple new ones in an email. You sent me Teen Addictions Anonymous, and yeah. there's Online Gaming Anonymous, and there's there's over 150 of them, I believe. And I, I'm grateful that there's so many, because can you imagine if we all had to go to the same meeting? And there was only one way to do this. And uh, I believe the 12-step revolution is the best harm reduction program on the planet. You can just always keep coming back, no questions asked. And uh, anyone that says 12 steps isn't harm reduction, I think is just plainly wrong and don't know the facts. It's truly a harm reduction program. And uh, so you wrote a book, Beyond Belief, Agnostic Musings for the 12-Step Life. I have the book. Uh, but we want to before we talk about the book. I just want to actually talk about what happened in the court case in Toronto because this is now going to possibly happen in Vancouver. So, what is the uh, people that are agnostic or atheist? What can you give them for suggestions to stay out of court, or if they have to go to court, what what happened? Well, I think the the greatest thing in all this was. Uh, humility and restraint, because it could have gone to a hearing. If people hadn't been willing to compromise, you know, it would have gone to a hearing. It would have dragged AA through the mud a little bit, I I don't think. And no one's happy with a court ruling, right? Because it's never what, you know, it's better to decide yourself. And, And everybody was able to decide, because when it comes to uh, the Human Rights Tribunal, there's two things they're going to do if they're intervening. One is they, if someone was, in fact, uh, the subject of discrimination, they want to return that person uh, back to the situation they were in before. Secondly, uh, the organization, if it, was, if it was systemically discriminating, there's going to have to be re- remedial... Uh, measures to ensure that doesn't happen again. Now, in the case of AA, all we had to do was return to our our roots, and and our roots are it's fully inclusive. No one has to accept anything. You can we suggest these steps. You can ignore these steps. You can take the ten uh, what I call uh, metric steps. <laughs> what what uh, are those? What are the ten metrics? No, I I, I kind of just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, that you can you can just go with whatever you want, right? You know. Okay. Um, like a lot of people say, why is everything twelve? What's that about, right? And I suppose that has some religious connotation to it too, although I, I don't understand it completely. Mm. But I'm just saying that the people who wrote that book uh, that includes the twelve steps, most of them worked a six step program because it was uh, an oral tradition. Well, how did you stay sober? Well, here's what I did. I took inventory. I made amends. You know, I I had to give up on self-will. I admitted I was defeated. Uh, I sought some sort of higher power. And, you know, like, 
it's just a conversation on a cocktail map. Can here are the steps: one, two, three, four, five, six. Maybe there were only six because that's how big a cocktail napkin is. I don't know, but um, you know that worked for them, right? It was it, there was less orthodoxy. When you write it down, put it in a book, that's good because it's going to carry the message even further than just a few groups that we had way back when. But it's also going to create a certain reification or rigidness that, no, no, you can't do it that way. See, it's written right here. You have to do it this way. And I don't think that was ever the intention. So we're talking to Josie. He is part of a group that uh, are atheists and agnostics. Um, AA has the word God all over the big book, and uh, we're talking to a group of people out of Toronto that um, uh, have uh, groups called AA the Agnostics, and it's for people that don't have a higher power or God. There's more meaning to it. We're going to continue chatting with you. I'm going to have a question for you when we come back. Do you sponsor people who have a higher power and God? But we'll get to that after. We're going to go to a song break. Darren, what are we uh, listening to now? Oh, we've got a uh, laid-back, casual version of a classic hip-hop song. This is No Diggity by Chet Faker. Yes, I know. Let me tell you how it goes. Curse the world. 
I gotta bang it up. Oh, yeah. Talk Recovery, Vancouver Squawk Radio, CFRO, 100.5 FM. I love that song. Isn't that cool? Yes. Chet Faker, uh, check him out. Uh, the video's really cool, too. Um, so, yeah, we got some more coming up, uh, some music by the Strumbellas, and uh, a little classic Donovan to, to uh, end the show. Uh, now, we're we're back on, on the air with, with Joe C. Giuseppe, as, as we just, before we went on to the song break there, he mentioned... Oops. Meetings for people who don't have a higher power is that maybe I wasn't picking it up. Is that actually the case in point? The, the people that don't have like don't have a concept of a higher power are they still well, required what, to find a concept? Uh, is that in your preamble? What's a preamble for your meeting? Let's start with that. And for those that are listening or just tuning in, we're talking to Josie. We're talking about AA with no higher power or God. So what do you do if you're an atheist or an agnostic and you show up to an AA meeting in the basement yeah. of a church with a crucifix up on the wall and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on in here? You're tricking uh, we, me. We get around that by hosting our meeting in a, in a university. So, <laughs> Okay. But um, a lot of agnostic uh, atheist meetings, some people call them secular meetings, which means it's neither religious nor irreligious. Uh, but they start with this short uh, explanation. AA agnostic meetings endeavor to maintain a tradition of free expression to conduct a meeting where alcoholics may feel free to express any doubts or disbeliefs they may have, share their own personal form of spiritual experience, their search for it, or their rejection of it. In keeping with AA tradition, we don't endorse or oppose any religion or atheism. Our only wish is to ensure suffering alcoholics that they can find sobriety in AA without having to accept anyone else's beliefs or having to deny their own. Okay, so back to, to my question then. I hear that as those that specifically need to uh, remain outside of a religious-based, you know, natured meeting or program but is it is it in the steps or is it in the process that there will not be uh a seeking a higher power or something greater than themselves that see that's the point that i've made over my maturing programmer recovery is i mean giuseppe talked about being in the middle of the universe, you know, feeling like the world right. revolves around him. And I see that as the major affliction. It's, it's not substances. It's not, it, it's that perspective and decision-making process solely based on getting our own needs met at hundred percent of the time. And, and that's all we care about. And I see that uh, I, I can't envision a human being without connecting to or recognizing some uh, form of power that's greater than themselves, whether or not it's the, the very meeting that they're walking into, um, whether it's the, the, the counselor that's, you know, helping them see different perspectives, uh, you know, whether like... But that's a secular power. It's not a, a, a supernatural power. I, I heard this in a meeting this week, so I'll use it. This guy said, okay, so I had to accept a power greater than myself. Okay, so me and this guy beside me, that's a power greater than just me. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. let's move on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. 
We do that at, uh, we are at a treatment center, even at uh, Last Door and at Westminster. So a lot of times the, the clients are just stuck on that conversation. So it's like, okay, well, just make the group your higher power for a little while. And just maybe you need to get some other people to help you make some decisions for a little while. Because yours usually end up in detox. So why don't Here, we try? Here's another one that works good where people get fixated. It's higher power, not highest power. We don't have to answer the existential questions of the universe here. Mm-hmm. We just need something greater than self-will. What's that going to be? Well, that's and Maybe it's going to be the wisdom of those who have come before us. Yeah, So, and I just wanted to, to clarify, uh, you know, are, are we really saying that there's people out there that should believe or that think that there's, there's no higher power? That, I mean, I just... There's nobody. There's nobody alive today or dead that has never said, "Help! I need a right. hand. I need a hand with this." Yeah, Whether it's true. picking up a, a table to move it across or a couch to move mm-hmm. across the room, that's all it is. I, I mean, I, I I don't know why I, I I would want to be setting something up where it's just like, yeah, you get to come into this meeting and absolutely not have any definition of of someone that need that you need to have help you do you know what i'm saying uh, i i agree because for someone like that why would they go to a meeting at all it, well that's my, that's exactly my point and, and and plenty of people quit drinking because they get fed up they they hurt a loved one they were ashamed yeah. they quit i quit smoking that way i didn't go to nicotine anonymous i, I just gave it up uh but i i i, I wanted to quit drinking but couldn't that was the great dilemma for me, right? Mm-hmm. AA, uh, if, if you want to drink and can, that's your business. If you want to quit but can't, that's our business. Try AA. And so I do need something other than my own resources to get and sober. What do you do about right. the traditions for, I mean, do you do you just stick with alcohol conversations or do you, are you open to members of your fellowship talking about video games or drug addiction? Because I know there's some AA where... Uh, it's frowned upon to talk about anything outside issues. What's yeah. how's, how's it working? We're yours? AA meetings like like any other. We go to our district meeting. We go and put on meetings in hospitals and institutions, and we're representing AA. We're not representing our home group, so we'll run the meeting the way they run the meeting, and and that's fine with us, right? Um, well, in a time uh, now where um, addiction is is causing so many overdoses, I mean, people saying fentanyl is causing mm-hmm. overdoses. I mean, the reality is, is addiction's causing overdoses, yeah, and not the fentanyl. So the question uh, that a lot of people in the front lines, you know, the minute they hear the word twelve step, they think uh, God and religion, and 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 it's not something we can uh, use as an actual resource for. Um, Healthcare, and right. so there. Here comes you guys with this non-God, non-higher power, twelve-step program. So, is this part of the evolution you're talking about for the twelve-step revolution, where it's kind of like the next direction that possibly we're going to be going with this? I uh, could be. We'll see. It, it's certainly a viable alternative. Like I said. We don't have a higher success rate than uh, the more traditional groups, but we have success just like they have. We have, you know, ultimately, what 
was my big problem with AA a fight with God? No, it was a fight with not drinking. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I, I didn't want that to be exactly. the answer to my problem. <laughs> so there were a lot of things that you have to sort of let go of. So I asked um, you earlier, would you sponsor somebody yes, um, who has a, a, a very God good question and a higher power in your life? How do you do that? Uh, well, uh, a little story, and I'll make it as sh- short as I can, but um, it's always a surprise to people who um, uh, maybe got sober in a more recent generation to know that I never even read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous until I was sober over uh, nine years. I read a lot, but we read Living Sober, we read Came to Believe, we read The Grapevine, we read Hazelden Literature. Um, There was always a big book on the table at the meeting, but it's not like it was handed to newcomers as a study guide. And there were no big book study meetings. There were discussion groups and speaker meetings, and there were some reading groups, but it just didn't happen to be the big book. So I got interested in the big book when I read AA Comes of Age, and I read Pass It On, and I wanted to learn about our history. And then my first time through the book, I do this with everyone who wants to work with me. I I, I don't say, here's how to work the steps. I go, why do you want to work the steps? Why do you think that will work for you? Okay, how are we going to do that? And so someone said, well, I, I want to do like a step four, like it says in the big book. Okay, let's do that. And so they taught me, and, and it totally worked for them. And I, I, I like the big book way of looking at resentments and uh, looking at our uh, sex conduct and looking at our fears and, and getting to the underlying things of what causes these things. Mm. It, it was great, but... It, I don't have a brand that other people need to adopt. I'm just here to help and be a sound post. And so it doesn't matter what I believe. I sponsor someone right now. He's a minister. He's never asked me what I believe. (laughs) All right. Well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. We appreciate you being on our show. So if you're into learning more, and you're having struggles going to 12-step meetings because of the God and the higher power language, there are some AA agnostic meetings here in Vancouver, and yep. uh, there's um, a few hundred of them now across 400 Can- worldwide. There's about 25 in Canada. 25 <laughs> in Canada. So Vancouver's got some of those. You can Google uh, AA Agnostic Meetings Vancouver, and I'm sure you'll find them. You, you sure our, will. You yeah. sure will. And you've also got a book called Beyond Belief, Agnostic Musings for 12-Step Life. And in 30 seconds, tell us what that is. It's a daily reflection book. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's kind of become mainstream. They actually sell it in the Oklahoma City intergroup office now. I'm not even a rebel anymore. <laughs> Aww. Aww, poor Joe. Well, that, that takes a little bit of your thunder away. <laughs> oh, well. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. We really appreciate talking about the many different pathways of recovery here on Talk Recovery. There isn't just one way. Uh, some yep. people recovery is suboxone. Some people recovery is abstinence. And some people it's safely using heroin. So um, hopefully people will find exactly. the uh, pathway that... Uh, they want to be part of and and hopefully people find a joy in their life that's our goal so thanks for being on our show we'll talk to you soon until next time until next time thank you thanks so much joe you bet thanks francis bye everyone bye 
Well, interesting conversation. It, is there a higher power? Isn't there? Well, cool. Let's see. I don't know. This song isn't about that, but uh, the song is called We Don't Know. This is the Strumbellas. Well, I know it gets harder every single day. And I know my darkness will never go away. But it's hard when you're living and you don't feel much and you're down and you're hoping that things are gonna change.
And welcome back. You know, I have to apologize saying that that song wasn't about that when it is, you know? <laughs> we don't know when we leave if we'll make it home, but we know if there's hope, we'll be okay. I mean... That's... I've got to get that on a t-shirt. It's, yes. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the description of whatever God is, you know, to you, to any individual... Um, I mean, that's always going to be sort of a, a hard debate and, and a difficult thing to, to oversee when, when, when you're new and, and, and suffering. But I, I just, I don't know, I really want to, you know, I guess express that it, it's, it's not true that a, a, every individual suffering with anything at any time can succeed all by themselves like you just lock yourself in a room give it seven days and you'll be you know free and grateful and hopeful it's like no i think you'll be worse you know and and to be able to have groups and, and and any which way shape or form where you can show up and connect and feel that you're not alone that you don't have to do it on your own is is only what higher power should and can be defined as in the same breath though there's still lots of controversy with it because i had a, shared this on facebook and i'd shared it in a group for aa like an aa group on facebook a private group and somebody had commented on the post there's no aa without god and then apparently one of the admins deleted the post because the post isn't there anymore so there's still some <coughs> Uh, there's a lot of passion when you find serenity from addiction in a pathway that you took. You have passion for that pathway. And, um, yeah, I guess it's just uh, there's addiction is going to be hard to solve because people that are in recovery are well, very this passionate. Is, yeah, this about, is recovery we're talking about. This is recovery we're talking about. So there's fighting in addiction. There's fighting in healthcare, There's fighting in recovery. And so I got to participate in a uh, provincial standing committee. Uh, about uh, a year ago and uh, with many different stakeholders. We're running out of time on the show, but it was um, created a booklet called Looking Forward, Improving um, Rural Health Care, Primary Care, and Addiction Recovery Programs. It was released yesterday, and uh, I had a little tiny, tiny, tiny part in it, but I think overall the conversation of recovery had a large part of this booklet, and uh, it's about 74 pages. You can go to our Facebook page to learn more about it. But, uh, you know, they're all saying the same thing. We need more treatment. We need more money. We need more recovery programs. We need more harm reduction programs. So we all know what we have to do. But I think what we need to do is 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 wake up in the morning and actually do it, not just talk about it. And uh, so here's a 74-page uh, government-funded research project, you know, that tells us what we should do and and I think we already know what the answers are. And uh, hopefully people, if you're listening, um, learn about recovery, learn about the many pathways, learn about how we can help each other. But I also think what we need to do is we need to care a little bit more about each other. And, and that's going to help. Yeah. And, and here's something that I learned. Whatever your beliefs are, they don't have to be somebody else's. I mean, don't oppose or, or totally support any one thing you know and uh because when you do i think sometimes it's like trying to catch the wind 
Perfect. Oh, I, I get that one. I, I get that. He was yes. Giuseppe wasn't yeah. on point with, yeah, yeah, with yeah, my yeah, yeah. Uh, intro so to the next song. I guess that's the name of the next song. Okay, bye everyone. Facebook.com slash Talk Recovery Vancouver. Have a great day. <laughs> In the chilly hours and minutes of uncertainty, I want to be in the warm heart of your love and mine. To feel you all around me and to take your hand along the sand. I bet I may as well try and catch the wind. When sundown pales the sky